Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. All right, I know this will just further confirm that I am weather dead. I get that. So I'm doing a preemptive strike. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. Come on. What happened? I Give it to the, me, weather dead. I got the Doppler Crocs at home, by the way. You do. They're yeah. Spiff, they're spiffy. Allie's dad got me a set of Doppler radar Crocs, guys. No joking. They have storm fronts for a print all over them. You got to wear them on these them. rainy days. I'm forever grateful to Bob for that. I actually laugh every too. time I slip them on and haul the trash out to the road. They're, they're great, and every weather dad needs them. So I'm going to go full weather dad here. I need some party music. Some party music? Yeah. How about uh, celebrate All right. from there? Some yeah. celebrate? Yeah, that's yeah. good. Celebrate right. is party good. Music. Let's roll it. Interesting. So I'm looking ahead on my app here. Oh, let me get not my hometown. Let me just go ahead. Your location, which is downtown <laughs> Chicago. If I look ahead, all I see <laughs> is above freezing temperatures for the next 10 days. Except for Saturday where it gets 32 for a high. And but then that's- 43, 49, 50. Yes. 49, 46, yes. 36, and 52. Thank you very much. All right, guys. I'm calling it. Come Are you on. ready? What are what you, are calling, you it? calling it? Winter officially over. Uh, it's oh, it's done. Come on now. Oh, I'm hoping. Thinking. No, I'm hoping you're right. Everybody dance with February me. Come on. Let's, let's dance with Young Dunder. Come on now. Look at those moves he has, Sally. What do you think? Those, uh, Come on. Those are some moves. Winter officially yeah. over. Some she called moves. Some moves. Some moves. That's, moves. that's something. It that may, is something. You may see some flurries every now and then, but don't worry. That weather's going to heat right well, on up, one thing melt for, it all away. One thing for sure, even if we get a big old dump-ola, yeah. it's going to melt-ola. Right. Because those temperatures are going up, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Just like this song. Turn it up in there. <laughs> Above freezing. <laughs> it's a celebration. Having a celebration in here. I'm a little tired. Yeah, you've been in there gyrating like a wild yeah, man. This is not radio theater. I genuinely was dancing that entire time, so I'm I am tired. He was. Well, <laughs> Somebody texted in six zero six six. Here's an ominous <laughs> statement. You shouldn't have said that, young thunder. Ah, there's no such thing as jinxing. I believe in a sovereign God. Come on. <laughs> sovereign God may dump three feet of snow <laughs> on us, dude. But it'll melt, right, Carl? <laughs> yeah, February well. 15th is a little bit too early to call it. Well, we'll I see. agree. Statistically but speaking. I, <laughs> statistically speaking, if you look at the, So it really is going to be 25th. Yeah. Before we have any chance of snow. But I don't you feel like another big snow. Oh, no, it's com- coming. But it's going to happen. The, speaking. Here's my prediction. <laughs> Second week of March. No. The heavens are going to open up and we're going to get dumped on. <laughs> and it's going to be a dandy. Second week of March. I called it right here, right now. All right. And I'm calling it winter's over. Because right now, RHOA, we've got a snow contract with this guy. He is dancing <laughs> in the streets. He's doing well. 
He has not had to come out, but I mean, he sprinkled a little bit of salt and came out one night and did a little ee, beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and that's about it. Well, 98 was that second week of March where we got blasted. I mean, people were stranded in 8094. People left that's their, what I'm car. telling you. People left their cars on Lakeshore Drive. Oh, we're going to have people, we're gonna oh, people wow. walking aimlessly, hypothermic all over the city. It's no. going to be a tough week. You think we're going to go all the way from this to that? Yes, I do. Okay. I think we're going to have a big dump, Ola, and I'm predicting second week of March. All right. Just we'll see. Fun. All right, guys, coming up minute and a half. How do you get filled with the spirit? We're going to need it, especially in the second week of March. It's like coffee, but for your ears. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. So all week long, we've been talking about the evidence of the Holy Spirit. And yesterday, if you weren't with us, Boom Crew, we were looking at this incredible passage. Be not drunk with wine leads to debauchery. And then, boom, shift to gears, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it goes into a worship service. Basically what we know as a worship service, this making music and singing songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. And the takeaway there is that The ability we have, if we're filled with the Spirit, to express love and lift spirits and help people that have suffered abuse. And we all were going down this trail of, we've been radically impacted by powerful worship experiences. But it only happens when we're filled with the Spirit. So that begs the question, well, how are you filled to overflowing with the Spirit? What does that look like? Dr. Sam Storm's joining us right now. That's a hard question to answer in just one little segment, but give it a try. Based on the context of this passage, how am I filled with the Spirit in such a way that I would, my praise and my singing songs would then bless other people? Well, here's the interesting thing about that question, is that nowhere in the New Testament, as far as I know, are we given specific instructions or steps to take in order to be filled with the Spirit? I was reading in, uh, you know, in Acts 4, the early church, where they gathered together in a prayer meeting, and it says that they were worshiping the Lord and uh, crying out to Him to extend His hand to heal in the name of Jesus, and it says, and being filled with the Spirit, the whole place was shaken. But it doesn't tell us what they did other than the fact that they were praying and worshiping. So I think certainly that is has to be at the very beginning. I think we just have to cry out for the Spirit's presence. I mean, several times in Acts, we have Peter and Paul, who obviously the Spirit indwelt them, but as they were confronted with a crisis or a situation that needed extraordinary power, it says, and having been filled with the Spirit, they spoke or they did some miraculous deed. So my conclusion is that we just need to go back to the basics of New Testament teaching, number one. We have to ask. We have to cry out for the Spirit's presence. I know you're in me. You indwell me permanently. But would you, would you act in a manifestly powerful way in this moment that I need you because my own human flesh and my own human ingenuity can't pull it off? And I think, obviously, as you just mentioned in reading Ephesians 5, it's in the context of worshiping. Some even translate this, be filled with the Spirit by addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual wow. songs, singing and making melody, as if it is by means of our posture in worship, our focus on the greatness of God, that we are filled with the Spirit. That's an entirely legitimate reading of the text. Certainly, I think walking in step with Jesus, continuing to keep our eyes fixed on Him, doing all we can in the power of the Spirit who indwells us to avoid conscious sin— 
So these are all steps that we can uh, take, even though they're not explicitly linked to being filled with the Spirit in the New Testament. Dr. Sam Storms is our guest, Boom Crew, founder and president of Enjoying God Ministries. And he serves on the Council of the Gospel Coalition. Great man, over 40 books written. We're going to plug one here today that you're going to want to grab. But let me go back to this, because I think it's almost an observation that we've got to make. Yeah, it's not three steps to being filled. It's There's no reference, no instruction on how to be filled. Might it be, because you look at, I love that passage out of Acts 4, God, they prayed, give us the courage to speak the word boldly while you stretch out your hand and do signs and wonders. Now, and then you go to the Jerusalem Council, and I love what the church leaders said, it seemed right to us and the Holy Spirit. I think there's an assumption, I think the Spirit indwelling and the movement of the Spirit it wasn't like they were learning or catching up like we seem to be right now. It was part of the whoop and wharf of the body. How can we get there, Sam? One of the things we can do is we need to be alert to the opposite, the tendency we have to grieve the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4, Paul talks about not grieving the Holy Spirit through unrepentant sin, not insulting the Spirit. That's used in the book of Hebrews, not blaspheming against the Spirit. So, Certainly. And then, of course, you know, at the end of First Thessalonians 5, he said, don't quench the Holy Spirit. So we need to make a conscious attempt in his power not to grieve him, quench him, insult him in any way possible, but constantly being attuned to his voice, to his leading. You know, it's interesting at the end of Acts 7, everybody knows the story of Stephen, the first martyr. And it says that he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing and had the courage as a result of that infilling to withstand a horrific death by being stoned. So, again, it's a, a wholehearted, I think, commitment to the basics of obedience, love for the Lord, worship, maintaining unity in the body of Christ, being quick to confess our sins, not lingering in unrepentant bitterness and unforgiveness. Those, I think, are the essential keys to experiencing the fullness of the Spirit's power. And then, of course, Paul in Ephesians 1, he says, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of Him. So here's one way in which, maybe the preeminent way in which we experience the Spirit's fullness, is that we pray, pray. You know, well, Lord, grant us the spirit of wisdom. And I think uh, the ESV is right in capitalizing the word spirit there. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Now, I know that people say, wait a minute, how can he give me what I've already got? Well, again, it's the difference between the indwelling presence of the Spirit, which is always with us as believers, and on the other hand, the Spirit's activity in a manifest expression of power. We need that. So, for example, later in Ephesians 3, uh, where Paul says, I pray that you would be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. So that is the key above all else, is constantly coming before the Lord, humbling ourselves in His presence, just confessing, Lord, in myself, I am incapable of doing what I feel you're calling me to do. Would you fill me? Would you empower me? Would the Holy Spirit who lives in me work in even greater ways to help me bring glory to the Lord Jesus Christ? Dr. Sam Storms, our guest right now, I'm going to read you something that you wrote in a blog, and I'm going to ask you to explain it a little bit further. You wrote that the day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit could only happen once as a singular event in redemptive history. The effects or aftermath or fruit of the Spirit's coming are experienced at all times throughout the course of church history. At all times, we are experiencing the aftermath of what happened on the day of Pentecost. Let's have you explain that one uh, coming up more with Dr. Sam Storms.
Get to know the team behind the scenes. Check out Carl and Crew Mornings on Facebook and Instagram. Well, I pulled up one of your old blogs. Dr. Sam Storm's our guest right now. The day of Pentecost and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit could only happen once, you wrote, as a singular event in redemptive history. The effects or aftermath or fruit of the Spirit's coming are experienced at all times throughout the course of church history. Why is it important for us to have this distinction when it comes to even our basic understanding of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Oftentimes I hear people say, well, we at our church last Sunday morning experienced our own personal Pentecost. Now, I understand what they mean. Yeah. They are trying to give words to a, an experience of the Spirit that might have brought great joy and worship and repentance. But the fact of the matter is the Spirit of God came in His fullness on that day, and He's now here present. So it's not a matter of us crying out to God, would you please grant us a Pentecost in 2024? We're, we're dry and weary and weak. No, we have the Spirit, and all the things that the Spirit does in the book of Acts and consequences of, of His having come are available to us. So if people want to know, what, what do I do now in the light of the fact that I wasn't alive in Jerusalem you know, over 2,000 years ago? Well, you read what the Spirit did in them. You read throughout the book of Acts how He empowered, how He enlightened, how He healed, how He worked powerfully to conform people to the image of Jesus— all of these consequences, all of this fruit is a result of what happened in that singular moment on the day of Pentecost that we read about in Acts 2. Love it. Sam, I got to tell you, and I, I think, Allie, you've mentioned this before, too, and the rest of our team, we've got Super Dying Young Thunder in here as well. If I reverse engineer the working of the Holy Spirit my life, on those occasions when I can tangibly say it wasn't me, it was the Holy Spirit. By the way, that's a big part of knowing it, right, Sam? But if, yes. I, if I reverse engineer this thing, I get back to constantly what Andrew Murray said. This is what he said in his book, Humility. Humility is the one virtue that gives birth to every other virtue. When I read that, Sam, it knocked me over. I feel like crying right now. Sam, what role does humility? It feels like the early church when there are other faces before God and Ananias and Sapphira getting killed for lying to the Holy Spirit, by the way, what role does humility play in this? You know what I'm saying, Sam? Oh, sure. It's absolutely key because we have numerous texts of Scripture in the Old Testament and also very explicitly in the book of James that the Lord resists the proud. He keeps prideful people at arm's length, if I can use that language. Yep. And he draws near to the contrite and the broken in their hearts. So humility is basically a posture of mind and spirit where we say, it's all about you, Lord Jesus. It's not about me. Any tendency that I might have to exploit your blessings for my own gain, prevent it, stop it. Let my focus be entirely fixed on you. I think that's what Paul meant in Galatians 5:16 when he said, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the, the desires of the flesh. In other words, here's the Spirit walking along, leading us, and we have to concentrate by His power to walk in lockstep with what He's doing in our lives. So, yes, humility is absolutely essential. You know, Peter says that humble yourselves before the Lord that He may exalt you at the proper time. So uh, you're exactly right. The Lord, if I can again say it, he keeps at arm's length. Yes, he, he does. He resists the proud. I mean, think of that. Do we really want to be resisted by the God who has Genesis 1 on his resume, the God of omnipotent power and glory? I can be resisted by people that I think used to be my friends or even my enemies, but 
to be resisted by God, that's how important humility is. That's how critically important it is that we crucify pride and we lay everything at the feet of the Lord Jesus and say, it's all about you, it's not about me. Dr. Sam Storms, our guest right now, a book we're featuring today, Understanding Spiritual Gifts, A Comprehensive Guide. You cover a lot in this, the nature, purpose, and pursuit of gifts, the debate over cessation versus continuation. Give us a little bit more of what this book is meant to do for the believer. Well, I went through as thoroughly as I could in the New Testament, and I identified at least 21 spiritual gifts. And I think one of the problems we have is we don't understand what they are. We don't understand how they operate in us individually and how they contribute to the building up of the body of Christ. So I try to unpack that from a a completely biblical point of view. And I, I want to awaken people to the reality of the power and the presence of the Spirit Uh, As we all know, unfortunately, there are people in the broader body of Christ who, in the name of the Holy Spirit, have brought reproach on the name of Jesus. They've been manipulative, they have been self-centered, and they have not utilized the gifts of the Spirit in a Christ-exalting way. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7, that to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. I mean, that is the key verse. So people say, Sam, what is a spiritual gift? It's the Spirit manifesting Himself in and through your words and deeds to build up the people of God. Manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So that is the key to understanding spiritual gifts, and I think sometimes we've lost sight of it. We think of a a spiritual gift, it's like what I get on Christmas morning wrapped in a, a, a box with ribbon. It's not. It's the Holy Spirit Himself coming to greater degrees of expression through our words, through our actions, through how we interact with each other and seek to encourage one another in the church. What's the most profound thing you're learning in the last year about the work of the Holy Spirit? I think if there's anything at all, it is the centrality of the Spirit's work in shining a spotlight on Jesus. Jesus himself said that when the Spirit comes, he will take the things from me and he will glorify me. Wow. And so, you know, J.I. Packer used to say, it's like the Spirit of God is behind us, and he's shining this spotlight on Jesus in front of us, and say, take note of the Son of God, learn of him. So this ministry of the Spirit in opening our eyes to the truth of Scripture, highlighting the beauty and the majesty of Jesus in our hearts, deepening our affection for him and our obedience to him. So I think that is perhaps the greatest lesson that we all need to learn. I just keep coming back to it year after year. It's not to say that the Spirit doesn't draw attention to himself. Of course he does. He's God. But his primary, though not exclusive role, is to say, I'm going to show you the Son of God. I want to shine a light on the splendor of Jesus. And that is the only way that we are ever going to grow in our faith, to see the Son of God revealed in ever greater glory and beauty, majesty and splendor. Man, what a takeaway. I had not even considered that. The illumination of the Son of God through the infilling of the Holy Spirit power and biblical. Okay, Boom Crew, we got something for you. If you want more, including the books and other resources, the blog, it's a good read. I've been scanning through some of them this morning. Samstorms.org, samstorms.org. Dr. Sam Storms, thank you so much for being with us this morning. New to the show? We're glad you're here. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Have you seen that Penguin special by... Um, Who's the big wildlife? Uh, Planet Earth. 
sign up then, Ruth. What's the other one? Come on, come on. The Irwin family? No. Oh. The Irwin family. Well, Steve, his family, his kids have oh, taken okay. over. Oh, okay. His kids have taken no, over. No, no, this is the big one. David Attenborough? No. Oh, it's the... It's Mutual... March of the Penguins. Omaha. The March of the Penguins is the name of the documentary, and it's amazing. Have you seen it? I have not. Oh, you got I know it's very the popular, March of though. the Penguins. I mean, guys, if... If you don't believe in God, you will when you're done with this one. My oh, really? goodness. Oh, okay. it's epic. I think it, some of these documentaries really do show Romans 1 well. Oh. Where it's like. Yeah. It, God has shown himself in creation. Easy to see that when you look at creation, you can't look at it and go, yeah, there's no creator. Yeah. No one no one did this oh, intelligently. Man. Yeah, it's not possible. It's unbelievable. I was hoping someone was texting in who did that series of March on the March of the Penguins. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, it's good. <laughs> the narrator, man. Morgan Freeman? Well, no, no. Oh. Yeah, well, Morgan Freeman does the narration. Yes. Right. Yeah. Is he kills it? it. Okay. I mean, they should. the only thing they should do is have him walk out in a penguin suit at the end of this thing. <laughs> no, no, no. No, he absolutely kills it. If you got a penguin, you need to have Morgan Freeman. <laughs> The dude can narrate like no one's business. Oh, National Geographic, thank you very much. Oh, okay. I think that's who did it. Somebody check yeah, that out. It is uh, the National Geographic Society was a co-producer. So on people it. are guessing Cousteau. Uh, Luke that's- Luke Jacquet was a French a French uh, cinematographer. Luke Jacquet or Jacquet? Jacquet. Jacquet. Luke Jacquet. I don't, I don't know, know if you pronounce Dom the T. How would you pronounce it? Well, <laughs> well, since her T isn't pronounced, maybe it's Jacquet. Yeah, that if it's at, is the T at the end? Is the T at the end? Yeah. Then it's yeah. yeah if it's a French name, then it's silent. Probably. Yeah, he's he's French. Or or as Young Thunder and me pronounce it, Jacket. Yeah, Luke Jacket. Luke Jacket. Yeah, boy, March of the Penguins. Anyone seen that out there? Boom Crew. What do you think about March of the Penguins? Yeah, I mean, did you it, just watch this or something? On like, a, fl- did it just on a come, flight. Oh, on a flight. Okay. Because I, you know, there's there's some good stuff on there, man. Oh, they've got great stuff on on flight thing. I like now that it's not like okay, everybody's watching one movie on this flight. You know, when the TV screens used oh, to pop down. Oh, back in the day, it was <laughs> like right. we're gonna watch you this movie. Stuck. Yeah, you remember that? Oh, absolutely. I used stuck. to when I got on planes as a kid because I I flew a decent amount as a kid. I used to oh, get on you're planes. Oh, you little kid. That's huh? right. And huh. I, I used to get on a plane and look around to see if I could see where the TVs were going to drop down. And then if I found out that it was a flight with no TVs on it, I was so disappointed. <laughs> or the little the little radio that was in the armrest. You could plug a little headphone thing oh, yeah. in there and listen to some listen to jazz tunes. music. Were, wow, that's right. <laughs> Young Thunder. Flights were Showing the bomb his age a little back bit. Back in the day. Showing his age. <laughs> How old are you now? 28. <laughs> Oh, good travel expert, you. I mean, that happened up until I was like 10 or 11, yeah, so that's it's not. Wild. Just for the record, there's guys coming into the NFL that are young, a decade younger than you. It's insane. I don't understand. Well, Connor Bedard is 10 years yeah, younger Connor, than Jonathan. Connor Bedard is a decade, young, a decade younger than you. There, more athletic than I ever was or ever will be. Chick-fil-A boy. That's right. I'm just over here eating a lot of Chick-fil-A. Oh, speaking it. of gifts. Were oh. we just talking about that? Yeah, you were saying um, something. I got something for you. Yeah? It's from my wife. Very cool. These are magnet rings. I want you to come in here and get your gift. My come magnet on ring? Come on okay. in here. I'm coming. Come on in here. 
It's a really cool. Your wife is so sweet with gifts and kind and thoughtful. Oh, she got me four chocolate covered strawberries. That was the best nice. gift. <laughs> so I've already taken this out of the yes. cellophane wrapper. They look like designer. So check this fidget out. Fidget rings, man. These, those are, those are fidget rings, and so they're magnetized, and you can do all kinds of. I got a set right here too. <laughs> and you know why my wife got these for me? Because of, oh, because you're a fidgeter. Yeah, and I was in. I was when I was in Maui. I had found a some Mardi Gras beads or some crazy thing. Okay. Yeah. And I'm playing with these things, and I'm like, I'm going to take them in the studio. Uh-oh. And she oh. says. Oh, we got we, we got to do something better than Mardi Gras beads to take into the studio. <laughs> well, that's true. So what's so, the appeal of them? They're, you, they're just, just you just kinda, you know just, like a fidget spinner. Yeah. You know it's it's kind of like a fidget spinner. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many, magnet, but they're all separate, so you can do different tricks with them and all kinds of stuff. You break them apart. Look at the put two them of around. This over there. And I've got a little bit of an attention that's deficit, somewhere. so I well this you know, this is healthy. I love that the helps. And just it's healthy for stuff. the soul. You like it? Oh yeah, I love them. Well, Tell her thank you and thank you for actually giving Young them. Young Thunder me says thank you, Jubes. One for each hand. One for each hand. I would have brought you in some of the chocolate covered strawberries, but, but they were too good. I ate all four. Yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> they were huge. You're not that good of a friend. <laughs> Thank you. No, hey, I'm you're teasing. welcome from my bread. Yeah, it's really cool. How cool is that thing, huh? Awesome. These little deals are awesome. I got to set at home, Young Thunder, and then I got to set in here. <laughs> She's such a well. Yeah. Now you can fidget anyway. How about three, the car? Three sets. Oh. So. Beautiful. Anyway, kind of cool, aren't they? I love it. Thank you. I got to learn how to use them a little bit more, but I've got plenty of time. You're gonna be like a prince, like a, like is it like a yo-yo where you can actually like end up doing things with them? Oh or? yeah, you can you can get really good with them. You'll be phenomenal. Awesome. I can't wait. I'm excited. You'll be the magnetic ring man before it's all done. That's right, the ring king. <laughs> okay, guys, enough of that nonsense. Moving on here Moving today. On. Moving on. Boy, the funniest thing. Ah, coming up here in a minute and a half, I got to tell you the funniest thing that happened at Whole Foods yesterday. Oh, yeah, it was so good. Straight ahead. Waking you up with adrenaline and Jesus. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. So you've heard of March of the Penguins. Yes. Been talking about it here. How about March of the Husbands? Is that, yesterday a, is that another Foods. movie or documentary? <laughs> no, no joking. March of the Husbands. Yesterday at Whole Foods when we were in there picking up a couple of things. Guys, <laughs> I kid you not. Dudes were lined up. Was it for the flowers? Grabbing section? roses, baby's yeah. breath. Yeah. And, and, my, and my bride felt bad for them because she's like, oh, they don't know that you can go to the floor. There's a little florist at Whole Foods. Right. And by the way, if you want bargain flowers, mm-hmm. Whole Foods has very reasonably priced flowers, like really reasonably priced. I don't know if that's like... It's a grocery store thing. Like Trader Joe's is the so same. So that's what they Jewel do? Osco. They get you in with that? Because if you go I to a know. florist, you'll, play, oh, you'll pay so 10x much. from these things. It's a good... Uh, yeah, that's a good hack is get, get a nice thing of flowers from the grocery store because it's going to be way cheaper. Way cheaper. But they're walking out, bless these guys' hearts. You can tell they've never held flowers much. They certainly don't look like they've been in pageants lately because they don't know how to cradle them or anything. So they're walking out like they're torches for a relay. You know what I'm saying? They're coming into the Olympics with a lit torch. So they're holding them out in front of them. And my bride says, oh, bub, I, I just want to stand here and tell all these men, just go back and they'll arrange them for you. And then they'll repack. They'll do that for nothing. Oh, wow. For nothing. That's good. They'll go. They'll break apart the roses, throw in some baby's breath, Didn't grab some that. of that green paper, purple paper, wrap it all up, 
Whoop. There you go. See, I want to do it more for the wife than I do because I feel bad for the husband because I don't feel bad for the husband at all. You could have done a little bit more research than on the day of, guy. Hey, better late than never is the rule (laughs) on Valentine's Day. Is it? Is that the rule? Absolutely. Can I I ask you? you If you get within the day, I think it counts. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm kind of last minute Sally with most things. Okay. So oh, I have is Sally bad that way. <laughs> so I have no problem <laughs> if I find out that somebody for my birthday stopped at Jewel Osco and got a gift card from the rack and gave it to me on the way. I'm fine with that. All right. You didn't have to get me anything. So I'm good with it. Yeah, I bless these guys hearts. They all had this tentative look on their eye like. But at one point, no joking, there are four guys marching across the front of the store with flowers in hands, and they are moving. So they're probably off to a dinner somewhere. <laughs> yeah, probably. And it was great. <laughs> but I got my four chocolate-covered strawberries and my fidgets. Oh, yeah. And my fidgets. I'm all set. That's a, that's a good Valentine's Day. That's a great gift. You kidding me? Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Okay, let's break it down. In Galatians 5, I got to turn there. You got it open? I do. All right, let's read it. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Would you like me to start there? Yeah. Okay. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I'm going to jump down just a little bit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, now picking up at verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. None. How cool is that, guys? You know, we got to remember that the importance of measuring what matters is possibly the most critical thing that followers of Christ can do. We look at the scriptures and we go, oh, the fruit of the Spirit is, and we, we might say, oh, that's good. We need to hold that up against our lives and go, is that going on here? Love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. What a great list to check off. It really is because these are very, very practical. These are manifestations of the spirit in our life. Love, are we loving towards people and not sort of the the fake nice, but do we love people well? Do we have joy? Is our life marked by peace and patience? So here's the question we've got. How do you experience the fruit of the Spirit when you go through everyday life disappointments, crushing betrayals, and the like? How do you do that? Is it possible? We'll talk about it in a minute and a half. Just tuning in? Hear what you missed with the Curlin' Crew Showcast. Get it wherever you like to stream. We're going to go through pain in our life. We're going to go through betrayal. And I think there's a notion that there's going to be seasons in our life that we're going to be unable to exhibit through the Spirit. Oh, contraire, Pierre. So you think that you think the common thinking is that this is only possible at certain during certain seasons? Is that what you're saying? I think that there's, to put it maybe a little bit differently, there's certain seasons that we go through that make it almost impossible to bear fruit. But that isn't true. 
You look at the likes of Corey Tin Boom. Uh, who is this young man that we interviewed the other day from um, Sudan? Uh, forget. Oh, his, Michael Panther. Michael Panther. Um, did he go through difficult times? Yeah. Did he ask God where he was? Yeah. But did he have the ability to press on and to be filled with the Holy Spirit in such a way that through it all he had the fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. Absolutely, he did. Yeah. And again, Corey Tinboom is like one of my heroes because of uh, her experience with being thrown in concentration camps and uh, avoiding the gas chambers, but the horrific uh, mental, emotional, and physical torment that her captors put her through, and yet her ability to be filled with the Spirit even while she's being deprived of anything remotely human or or healthy, respect, food, the absence of abuse, Corey Tin Boom blazed through. How do you do that? It's not, there's no human way of processing. How does somebody maintain any kind of peace and joy in those circumstances? There's no other answer, but it has to be a, something supernatural. It's Holy Spirit. It's vertical. I have, I'm going to be the crash dummy here, okay? Let me be the crash dummy. I have tried to live at a horizontal, earthly reasoning, kind of earthly response level to things in plenty of situations in life. And here's what I've learned. There is no hope in that kind of living. Unless the Spirit of God fills us up, we will never produce the fruit of the Spirit. But if the Holy Spirit does and I'm thinking of people now, I can't mention names, but I think of people in 180 Chicago or church that are going through or have gone through huge difficulties in their life. And there is an eerie, powerful difference between those that struggle with these things in the flesh and those that struggle in the spirit. And man, it's just night and day. And you see it. And you, when you, when you, you know it when you see it. It's one of yeah. those things where you, you watch somebody and you, you, you go, how, how, how with all that they're, I know that they're going through, how do they have such joy? I've thought that about people and I know, I know that it's, it's, it's biblical, but sometimes it's so rare to see. Yeah. And I think the question is, well, does the fruit of the spirit then ignore the pain around you? No, no. I think it lives above it. It lives above. That's a great way to put it. It lives above it. I don't know what you're going through today, my friend, but man, I'm telling you this right now. The only way to, to laugh at the world is to be filled with the Spirit. The only way to survive betrayal is to be filled with the Spirit. The only way to go through the pain of a wayward kid who seems to be bent on killing himself and you're freaked out if he's going to get a bad pill that wakes him up dead. The only way to survive that storm is by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way. Learning to follow Jesus each and every day. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. By the way, have you known how seen how crafty I was and not asking anyone else what they got for Valentine's Day? So I'm just going to tell you what I got for crafty? Very crafty. Yeah. Very crafty. <laughs> Slid around that bad boy. <laughs> it's Some safe. questions you don't want to ask. It's fair. Smooth. Smooth. <laughs> but I got this cool thing. These crazy little things, these little fidget rings, or what are they called? 
Are they call like fidget rings. I'm yeah, pretty sure. There might be different brands to them, but I think the generic just explanation of them is fidget rings. Called magnetic spinners. These are three disjointed rings that come together with a magnetic field. They're magnetic rings. They're ages eight, eight plus. <laughs> so you're in there. You're covered, Carl. Don't worry. I got it. It's it's in that range. Uh, but they're great little deals. How do you like yours, Young Thunder? How are they I, working out? I love them. I've just got it sitting on. I've got all three rings stacked onto one finger, and I'm just spinning it with my thumb while we're all talking. You can't really hear it if I have it far enough away from the microphone. If I have it close, then you can hear it a little bit. Yeah, it's but, really. I mean, it's a no joke. It's like a little calming thing. I really enjoy it. So I got a question, Boom Crew. How many of y'all fidget? Yes or no? You fidget. Allie has busted me out on several occasions for fidgeting loudly over here. Well, it's usually with a pen. I edit the like that. It's very evident. <laughs> he, he takes a pen. Oh, great. And rubs it rapidly back and forth between his hands. Or you also sometimes will rock back and forth in your chair. Or or use paper clips <laughs> and I twist them and spin them. It's true. I am a doodler. So if you were to look at my the papers that are all around my little workstation – it is just a hodgepodge of little a little flower here. A it's little, an art studio. Underlying not things. good art. I'm not a good artist <laughs> at all. So it's like a little flower, a little set of stairs, a little spiral. <laughs> so I do a lot of doodling. For years, I thought Allie was writing down profound comments during interviews and when we're and talking notes. in here. Sure, yeah. And one day I wandered over by her area and I'm like, what in the cat hair is all this stuff? It's like a kindergarten art studio. <laughs> Around our bios that we have in here and all the paperwork, there are doodles and funky things. And swirls. And every now and then, little writing that says, Carl's driving me crazy. And then uh, more doodles and help and God rescue me from this place. (laughs) All kinds of stuff. Super Um, Do you do any? Oh, I'm sure I do. I think I think my foot probably. Well, we know she waves her hands wildly during traffic. They get it out that way. We know that. See, she just did it with her hand. (laughs) So uh, Philip from Aurora, he says guilty. Uh, I don't fidget, but I doodle says 4034. Yes. What do you say, Boom Crew? Do you do you fidget or doodle while you work? Three, one, two, two, seven, four, nine, six, two, four. Or maybe you whistle. Well, oh, that you, one. Aren't you glad oh, I don't whistler. have that one? Well, Whistle While You Work. Do, whistle do, do, While do, do, You Work. Do, do, do. That's a great little song. Was, Pull that bad boy that up. Whistle While You Work. That's Is, a great I don't know. Snow White, wasn't it? Is that Snow White? No. Oh, Snow White. Ah, what movie? Yeah, it's not Snow White, is it? I don't know. The Dwarfs. Is it? it whistle I, While You Work. Super Die knows do, this do, stuff. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Who is it? Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Oh. Yeah, it is. The dwarves were whistlers. This you is tidy up the room. You clean the fireplace. Instructing the animals. And I will use the broom. <laughs> Just whistle while you work. And cheerfully together we can tidy up the place. Oh, so see? I'm a merry day. Won't take long when there's a song to help you set the face. And as you sweep the room, imagine that the room is someone that you 
That sounded like something else there. The deer's licking the plate in order to clean it, and I don't think that's very good. Put them in the Oh. She just told him to stop. It's okay. Yeah, that's a good tune right there. Uh, some people are saying I hum random notes. That's my bride. She hums. Oh, I do that. Hum, 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 all over. Yeah. She's humming stuff constantly. What do you do to kind of break up the monotony? And this is hilarious. Somebody says, I lift my legs. It runs in the family. Oh, like, a, like leg bouncing? I, I wonder, it sounds to me like they're doing leg raises. I was going to say, it sounds like it's a workout. They're just oh, wow. throwing them up in the air. It's a family thing. They okay. can't even get photos shot because everybody's lifting their legs in the air. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> in the family. Uh, there's a lot of leg bouncers out there. I'm glad for that. Makes me feel at home. Yep, a lot of fidgeters. Oh, goodness sakes. My husband's nickname for me is Fidget. You can imagine why. That's great. It's. I'd be interested to look up some of the science behind it. What what is what causes the brain to need something like that to actually help focus you? Helping you take the next step in your walk with Jesus. This is Carl and Crew mornings. What a contrast! Deeds of the flesh, fruit of the spirit. Fruit of the spirit. We refer to a lot around here only because it's one of the great measuring. Sorry, my fidget thing just fell out of my hand. I better set those down. <laughs> it's okay. By the way, the neuroscience behind this? Yeah, so I looked up multiple articles, and it looks like they all kind of have the same thought around it, that fidgeting is kind of an easy way to subconsciously stimulate your brain. So, you know, spinning this ring on my finger doesn't take a lot of brain power to focus on doing that, but it stimulates my brain enough to where I can pay attention to the task that I need to pay attention to. So fidgeting is a good thing. It is a good thing. It adds a little extra uh, in terms of neurotransmitters, norepinephrine, dopamine to the brain that allows you to focus on the task at hand. Man, I'm going to fidget like never before. Do it. And if you wanted to check that out, I just put a video up on Facebook and Instagram. You can actually see these things. They're pretty cool looking. Yeah, they're great little tools. Okay, um, let's break into it here, Allie. Why don't you read this text because it's so powerful. Yeah, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You ever tried to conjure up love? You ever tried to conjure up self-control? Those are the bookends yes. of the fruit of the Spirit. Yes. Have you noticed how impossible that is? Very impossible. Because uh, it usually ends up me being worse off at it than I was before I tried to do anything about it because I fail and then it goes bad and it's not good. It's a fruit of the spirit, meaning we need to be filled by the spirit, right? But it gives us the opportunity to live out of this world and it's reserved for those who are in Christ Jesus, sealed by the power of the Holy Spirit, and now we can bear fruit according to it. And I know sometimes we think, man, I need to be more loving. I need to be more kind. I need to be more patient. And if that need is seen, that's good. But if, the, if, it's, if, it's, if it hangs in the balance of I, either I'm going to do it or not, it probably won't happen. And so this is uh, this is such a good way of kind of examining our own lives where I'm lacking peace or kindness toward others or self-control or gentleness. It's a good 
kind of heart check to go, well, if that's a fruit of the Spirit and I'm lacking in those areas, then what I need is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Which one is your favorite fruit? Ooh. Young Dunder, Super Die, weigh in. The favorite fruit in the fruit of the Spirit. I think my favorite fruit is self-control. Bingo, mine too. Yeah. I think because so much of life is is hard to have self-control. You know, whether it's I'm at the grocery store and I don't want to pick up that bag of chips, but I really want to pick up that bag of chips. Or it's driving and someone makes me upset. I don't want to get upset, but now I'm kind of upset. Self-control is something that you have about 50 million opportunities to have or not have in a day. And with the power of the Holy Spirit, self-control is possible. That's that's a profound little riff there. I would say for me, peace. Because as I'm looking at this list, and this is just my opinion on this, but I think peace is the hardest one to even attempt to duplicate in your own strength. I think you can appear loving. You can try to have joy. None of them are real. But when it comes to peace— that's where I think most people feel the most powerless to in any way. Concocted on their Conco- own. Because you can't. Like that under the surface anxiety, yeah, right. that, the worries, like that peace is often the most elusive. It's a rough one. Super die. Well, peace was going to be mine as well, like the letting go. But second on my list would be this, the kindness and making sure that that kindness, others are seeing it. Because we go through, we could be at the store, we can get a little short with the cashier, we can get a little short with the person here, person there, even driving, commuting, we can get a little, hmm, you know. So am I living the fruit of kindness to others? Are they seeing Christ in me? Being very proactive with that. Paul goes on to say, verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Holy Spirit. It's interesting. It's juxtaposed. Listen to this. It's juxtaposed. Walking in the Spirit is juxtaposed to verse 26. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, provocation, envying one another. That's fascinating stuff. More than just good writing. He's reading our mail. Coming up minute and a half. How are we going to do this, guys? How are we going to do this? Need a wake-up call? We can help with that. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. Have you entered into win our Journeys of Paul Sailaway contest? This I, You're going to hear about it from us for maybe one, two more days, and then this thing ends this weekend, and they pick winners. So if you've not gotten your name in to win this trip of a lifetime, Mediterranean Sea, you're going to spend time on the water, on land, really getting the history, being there where some of the letters were written, Following the footsteps of Paul, make sure you text the word TRIP. Get all the details, get signed up. Text TRIP to 312-274-9624, just the word TRIP. There was something that was presumed in the New Testament in the early church all through the book of Acts, and that is they had a absolute ongoing awareness of the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it was an, it was just an ongoing event. It's really the, the book of... Acts of the Apostles, it's interesting. My great-great, some of you maybe have heard me share this, but my great-great-granddad, I have his Bible. And in the back, I was just blown away at the notes that he took, and one of them hard to read, but I got a 
kind of a closer look at it, I was just like, you got to be kidding me. 1886, April 8th, 1886, my great-great-granddad is in downtown Chicago. This is before radio, guys. This is, this is guys, this is before radio. It's hard to even imagine. And he's written in the back. There's a lot of Swedish notes that I've got to get translated because I know some words, but not enough. But written in English, listening to D.L. Moody preach on the power of the Holy Spirit. And then I flip in his Bible back to the book of Acts. And my great-great-granddad renamed it. (laughs) He went from Acts of the Apostles to Acts of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And he's right. Which I love because it is the most accurate. Yeah. Holy Spirit's behind everything. He just renamed it. He just put a line through Acts of the Apostles. Just and goes, wrote that in? Yeah, just wrote Acts of the Holy Spirit. How? So good. And then wow. every reference to the power of the Holy Spirit's underlined throughout the book of Acts. And and he had notes beside those. And I mean, some of them are in Swedish because he probably couldn't resist going back to his heart language, you know. Sure. But what an amazing reality that we find that the book of Acts. And by the way, we're Acts 29, guys. This is why we've been drilling down so hard for, I think we've been going after it hard for a couple of years now, a couple, three, going after the power of the Holy Spirit because he is, I almost said it, there is again another fatal flaw, he is fully God and he's here and he's at work and he wants to have us bear fruit, proving his work in our lives. His work in our lives. He's here now. Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsor Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. You know, when you get to a core of an issue, then you can really sort things out. Have you ever noticed that in your own life? You can skirt around and nibble at the edges of issues, presenting issues. Oh, yeah. Psychologists talk about People come into their office and they have presenting issues and their job is to get down to the real issue. Sure. And when we see things that happen in Kansas City with this shooting, you go, yeah, man, there's I I hear so much nibbling around the edges and I'm not even going to get into it because it can become instantly political. But I will talk about the real issues. Don't hold me to this stat, but I saw a good study somewhere some time ago that like if you take 80 percent of the shootings and if you look in the bio sketch of these folks, and these are real human beings, guys, there's a people made in the image of God. They've got a rap sheet. There's always a rap sheet behind 80% of shooters. And it's like, whoa. So it's like, this is boiling. Some of these rap sheets are huge. Some of them are a little lesser so, but they got a rap sheet. New study just came out. I was just sharing this with Allie. Guys, you want to get down to the issue? You want a heartbreaking stat? This all this makes me cry. It tears me up. From HarperCollins, um, Brad Wilcox cited this. Young men raised apart from intact family more likely to go to prison than graduate from college. Such a heartbreaking That's sickening. picture. And you see, here's the rub. I, you got to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. You got to be able to look at this and go, this is evil, this is awful. But then you've got to go, 
you and look at a shooting in KC or all of the shootings that we see, mass or one-offs or otherwise or wherever they are across Chicagoland, and you got to go, yeah, this is sick, and you can stomp your feet. But we got to we we owe it to society and these young men predominantly to go, well, what's the real issue? Well, the real issue is intact families. <laughs> the stats don't lie. Let me read this to you again. Young men raised apart from intact family more likely to go to prison than graduate from college. <gasps> Whoa. Now you've got a basis by which you can start talking about solutions, right? Right, because so many of the issues are present so long before there's some explosion in someone's life. I, you know, I remember going to a funeral one time for a family member who had a, such a tough, tough time in life. And they, by the end, God had gotten hold of their heart and they died young, but the Lord, they, they were with the Lord. But Beautiful. someone got up who had been a part of this young man's life. And he's, he used the verse, he said, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And he goes, you know what? We trained him up in exactly what he ended up in. Oh, my word. What a sobering statement. To and make it was out. it was such an acknowledgement because he was kind of a dad figure in this young man's life. But there was a lot of addiction issues. And so he had gone right into what he was raised up in. And it was an acknowledgement that basically we failed him. I'll never forget that moment. We are habitually as a culture nibbling at the issues that aren't the issues. When you get down on it, remember when I came in here one day about five years ago and I went on this crazy rant that I'd started talking about? <laughs> All right, I got I got it. You know, let's uh, let's start perking dads that stay with sons. I mean, let's perk them. We have all kinds of tax credits and different things for different stuff out there. Let's start incentivizing, monetizing, hanging in there. We'll come up with a reward package for keeping homes intact. It was more thought through and more eloquent than I just said. But, you know, at the end of the day, getting the gospel into our culture again, it's a worthy effort because God can change everything. Every situation. Everything. Everything. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.